I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Halfbacked Podcast, special World Cup final edition. I am your host, Tim Williams. Uh, here with me to talk through the, the World Cup final between, of course, the Kangaroos and Samoa, one of the sharpest minds in rugby league. Former Raiders and Dragons playmaker, Sam Williams. Sam, how are you, mate? Hello, brother Tim. How are you? I'm good, brother Sam. What's news with you, mate? How have you uh, been getting through the off-season? Your first off, uh, off-season outside the NRL. How's it treating you? Yeah, it's been sensational. You don't have to worry about too many beers in the off-season or too much food and worried about the first 800 when you get back to training. So, so far, so good. It's, um, yeah, different, but, yeah, it's been fine so far. Mate, you were pretty notoriously in fat club throughout the year at the start of the season, and that meant getting in early and coming in on Saturdays and all that sort of stuff. You were stitched up a little bit by by the genetics there, weren't you? A little chubby gut. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was. It's uh, it, you get what you get given, but uh, yeah, I don't think you can call it fat club anymore. It's got to be politically correct. So I um, wish that was bought in ten years ago. Maybe uh, my mental stability might be a bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fitness never an issue, but uh, it didn't help you out with the little belly. Uh, Sam, let's get stuck into it. Today's show, we are going to preview the World Cup final and drop our punting plays for the decider. Sam, for the NRL season, you finished with 238.5% return on investment. Uh, your plays for our, our show prior to the World Cup was Joseph Swalee to be the top try scorer for Samoa. No dice, despite being... Uh, very, very impressive. You also have, which agonisingly close, your, your advice to punters was to to go with a side and stick with them throughout the tournament, back them each game. And for you, it was the Kiwis. They were paying about 450 alone just to win the tournament. That was agonisingly close, as I said, uh, just short against the Aussies there. For the SC Playbook subscribers, they were asking you about the Kiwis and the Aussies last week. And you said, Kiwis to cover, Kiwis with Kiwis with the 12 and a half line, I should say, uh, at around about $2, which absolutely walked in. That was dropped in our subscriber-only WhatsApp group. For myself, finished the NRL season at 116%. Uh, my plays for the World Cup, I had Josh Adokar, top try scorer, at $4. He's locked in to win that with 12 tries, unless Tim Lafayette can bag seven in the World Cup final. So that'll be pretty unlucky. Hopefully, if you jumped on that one, uh, and then Joey Marner was my Hail Mary at $26 to be top try scorer as well. No luck there, but he did win the Golden Boot. So I don't know if that's money back with Top Sport, but something going there. Uh, top Sport special for the season, return on investment of 1,000%. We are exclusively using Top Sport markets, big, big fans of their value, especially their same game multi, which is comfortably the best in the industry where the odds actually add up. 
whack it in there. Compare it to another bookie. It's absolutely mint odds there. If you're keen to follow us and do choose to link up with them, use the special code SC Playbook. If you are, of course, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. Sam, let's get stuck into it. The World Cup final preview. Uh, the bookies obviously have Australia's pretty firm favourites at $1.10. The line is 18.5 start to Samoa. I think first things first, do you give Samoa a chance to win this game? I think you've always got to give them a chance in a two-horse war. It's They're, they're certainly a side on the up. And I spoke, I think, previously on, uh, before the tournament about reasons why they could win it. And the big thing about them is they've got so much to play for in terms of the way they've built this team up and the way so many of these uh, senior players have elected to play for Samoa as opposed to some of the, the Tier 1 nations. And, look, they're, they're finding their straps. The first week, obviously, was a debacle against the English, but they were also the first time they've been thrown together for a long time. Uh, first time this group, probably the majority's actually played together. So I, I could see that why it happened. Now, coming into the final, I I, I think they can do it. Like it's It's... it's it's a World Cup final. Like, anything can happen. It's in different conditions. You've got a side that are, are just have laid everything on the line to compete in the World Cup. And, look, there's there's things that suggest that they can. Um, you know, we'll go into a bit more later on. I, I don't think they do. But there's, you know, <laughs> being a Samoa supporter, you're certainly going to this game with hope. Matty Parrish, uh, the Samoan coach, is something probably the average rugby league fan doesn't know a lot about. You've you've been under him at the Raiders for a little bit. Was he an assistant there for a while? I actually didn't have Matty. It was 2014 when I was over in uh, at St George and then went to Catalan Dragons. So I didn't actually have Matty. Um, obviously, a lot of my mates and the boys who have been there previously have. Yeah, no worries. Then we'll skip past that one. Good question. Um how do Samoa approach this game then, Sam? Because as you said, it's it's the strong start. The Kiwis go in as hot favourites. They have the, the added bonus of, of being heavy underdogs. Um, I, I shouldn't say they've played their grand final yet in that semi because, you know, the Samoan boys, with the team they've got on paper, I'm sure they had every belief that they could make a World Cup final. But going in as heavy underdogs, they've got nothing to lose. They can chance their arm and, and see how things go. All the pressure's on the Aussies. How tactically do Samoa approach this game to beat the Kangaroos? Look, there's vulnerabilities in the Aussie side. There's no doubt about it. I don't think that the Samoans can afford to just try and play completely conservative for the whole 80. I think there's some opportunities to move the footy in their own half. I think they've got some speed out wide. And uh, Look, Australia, there's been some moments in this tournament where they've been... um, I shouldn't say found out, but there's been some moments where they haven't looked brilliant defensively. But I think they've got to move the ball a little bit in their own end and try and try and take Australia off their game a little bit. But the big one is they they've got to they've got to compete for eighty minutes, and they've played a few games this year where they've been found lacking and a bit vulnerable through the middle. Uh, there's been some moments in this tournament where. They're, they've got away with it against some um, some poor opposition, but uh, Australia's going to be relentless for 80 minutes. And this big Samoan side and the speed of this game against an Australian side who, look, a lot of them have played origin in, in big games, and uh, the, the speed of it through the middle is the big one for me. 
The way I see it is, as I said, playing to their strengths. The big boys in the middle, if they can match the Aussies and not let this just absolute star of a backline get any sort of space out wide and get on any sort of roll, it's just got to be second phase play. They've got so many great offloaders between Josh Papali'i, Junior Bowlo, a stack of others in there. It's just getting that second phase play going. I feel like while, yes, it can be a little bit high risk, it can also be the great leveller in rugby league where it can just put a bet, a good side on the back foot. Yeah, and you're right. Look, I um, I had a coffee with the um, Italian assistant coach, Terry Campisi, there the other morning, and he'd just got back from the World Cup, and he was speaking about how they moved the ball a few times against the Australians. You know, the, the Italians were never going to beat them, but... They were also never going to beat them playing the Australian way. So there were some times when they moved the ball and they, they were quite effective. And, um, you know, obviously the quality on the back of it is certainly not what the Samoans have. But there's there's opportunities to move the ball. And as you mentioned, the, the offload and that through the middle, it's a big one. You, you just – if you try and play the Australian style of football, I think you'll come undone. So – They've got to have belief, and I think they've got to freshen up really this week. They've had some big games. It's been a big tournament for them. Um, there's a few chinks in the armour of the Samoans, which I'll talk about later as well. But, look, they're going to go in with belief. They're, as you said, they've got nothing to lose, and uh, you're on the big stage and anything can happen. You mentioned uh, briefly before that, that Australia do have some weaknesses. Where do you see those weaknesses? I think the big one is that they... They can give up ground defensively. Uh, sometimes out of yardage, they can. You'll look at Munster, and it's quite a Melbourne Storm style. They'll get up and then they'll backpedal and they'll make the tackle. But sometimes, um, you know, I think weakness is a hard word on that because it's a it's a defensive style, but it's a way of getting the ball down the other end and making some easy meters. So I think that they can they can move the ball a little bit, uh, try and take some easy meters. I know they've got a big pack, but. I don't think it means that you have to necessarily go straight through it. I think you need to create the momentum and then move the ball. Uh, the Australian side, I think uh, Cleary and Munster, Harry Grant and Yo at times through the middle, there was a couple of times on the weekend where that they turned the um, back rower or they turned Tedesco back under through the middle or um, whoever it might be and, and they had to surrender in the tackle. And that's not something you would usually see with some of these teams and some of these players. And there's obviously a little bit of um, disjointed attack at times there too. And that happened a few times down in, down the other end in some good ball. So I think that they've got to fix that up Australia. If they're going to try and, you know, win this game and they, they probably want to win it, you know, by more than one point, you know, they're going in there confident and with an expectation, but they've certainly got to improve that, I think. One thing I've been a little bit critical of uh, of Mao Meninga's team selections this World Cup is is not getting enough time together between his spine who have played little to no footy together, in particular Cam Munster and Nathan Cleary. Now you talk about cohesion and how you said they've been a little bit clunky throughout the tournament. Just how important is that cohesion and of combinations and in particular between the spine and even more specifically between the halves? Yeah, I think it is important. I think the style of football that the Australians have displayed um, shows that there's an element that uh, they haven't played a heap together. And to, I tend to agree, but in, in Mao's defence, he's on a hiding to nothing. They've come through this tournament fairly convincingly. They had a win against the Kiwis that, you know, although they might have thought they could have won by more or whatever it might be, they've still won. Now, 
if Mal had played the the um, the Penrith players early on in the tournament and the same thing happened, well, people are probably sitting back saying, well, why didn't they rest them? They've played enough football. It's a big season. So mm. I do feel for Mal in this in this sense because whatever he had have done, unless they had have flogged them all by 50, then there was probably going to be sceptics out there saying he should have done some, some things differently. Yet here they are. They're in a World Cup final and they've been given the line at, around 18 points. So they're obviously doing a few things right. The players are fresh. They're coming up to the to the big game. And I think what what we judge him on is how this game goes. Look, if Australia goes into it and they're fresher than the Samoans who have all played big games and they've played throughout the tournament mm. uh, and Australia performs and they run away with it because they're so fresh, well, we sit back and Mao's a genius. But if, if Australia don't and, they, and the attack doesn't click, well there's going to be some answers around the coaching staff and Mal. So it is a tough one, but Australia's built this tournament around winning the World Cup final. Now they're there and they've got a big margin, a big line. So, so far, so good for Mal and his coaching staff. So on that, how do Mal and his coaching staff and the Kangaroos uh, approach this game as heavy favourites? What's How do they beat the Samoans? I think the, the, the key to the whole show is Zio in the middle and the way he the way he dictates and plays through the middle of teams, just like he does at Penrith. For me, I think that the style that Penrith play is the way that, that Australia should play. Now, Yo will often tip it, tip a player into the uh, to the half or the edge back row and making the two big middles go around the corner and then they'll come back and they'll do the other side and they'll send the other middles around the corner and they'll tick and tack around the middle third of the field until a little gap opens and he'll put the head down and go straight and, and create ruck speed. Now, I think the Samoans have had some vulnerabilities. The first try of the tournament was straight through um, the Samoan middles, Denny Levi and Marty Tapao, and George Williams went straight through them. Now, that wasn't good enough, and they, they conceded 60. And there's been tries over the last few weeks as well where there's been some pretty poor efforts through the middle. And the Australian leg speed, yo, Crichton coming back on an angle and Murray with his footwork, I really worry about them. I worry about them coming up again after another big match on the weekend and trying to turn on. And I think Australia plays straight through the middle. I think they try and um, try and wear them out. And I think they'll see some, you know, some real vulnerabilities in the back end of the first half and the second half. Yeah, well, one thing to his credit, I think Mal absolutely nailed with this tournament is his use of Cam Murray and. Uh, probably resisting the temptation to play him in sort of a bigger minute role on the edge, which we've seen, uh, I mean, the Blues do at times in working with Cam Murray. And I say, yo, and I myself was a little bit critical earlier on uh, with the way that he started Liam Martin in that side and had Murray off the bench. I thought it was just a case of, you know, get the biggest minutes out of one of the best players in your team. But A, Liam Martin has been sensational. He was our best player in that semi-final, was just an absolute hitman. Uh, And then to bring Cam Murray on in a middle where he's the most effective, I thought that was really, really good management uh, by Big Mal in that one. Um, The little mate of yours, I think, Sam, will, will play a key role in this game, and that is Anthony Milford. Now, you were at the Raiders when Milf came through the lower grades, uh, and he started in the top grade, I should say, as a rookie fullback. I suppose, suppose firstly, he, for me, is a, a bit of a vulnerability in the Samoan side. I, I think between sort of he and Liggy Sow on the edge there defensively, they've had their question marks. How how important do you see Milf as being in this game? Uh, and just, I'll get to the second part of that shortly. 
I think is a massive part of it. And I think you've mentioned there quickly that that right edge of the Samoans, I think they've been poor at some times. And Crichton's actually the player who he's missed a couple of tackles that have led to tries that for someone who's now, I know he's a very young player, but he's a very senior player, very experienced in big games. I think he's missed some, some poor tackles. And I think Milf has been caught up on the lead runner a bit too much. And then, I think Sow's tried to overchase the cover, Milf, and, and got beaten back on the inside. So I really think Australia's going to target that edge and target it quite heavily. Uh, and for me, Milf's, it's a big one for Milf defensively. Now, it's not about his contact. He, um, The older he's got, he, he, he defends brave. He has a crack, Milf. He, he's throwing his body in. And in a World Cup final, there's no doubt he'll, he'll play aggressive. And if he, he'll put a wonderful shot on there... Um, I think it might have been against the Tongans. He came in and, and jammed and made it made this great shot. Now, I'm not worried about his contact. It's just about making sure he gets off that lead runner. Crichton runs one of the best lines in the game. He can run inside shoulder or outside the shoulder. I think it's going to be a real target area for them. So I think the big one for Milf is let's get your defense right. Defend well and defend well as a, as a line. Um, he's a tackle follow. Hmm. I'm glad you, you said that around targeting that edge because that uh, we'll get to my punting play shortly, but my, my big play is around exactly what you've just said there. Um, part two of that one, and it digresses a little bit from sort of World Cup final, but it's a question that I have because it it irks me a little bit with the way they approach it. So keen to get your thoughts, but it is around uh, young Anthony Milford as a rookie when like he absolutely carved up the NRL in his first couple of seasons. He was a little bugger playing fullback. And do yourself a favour, YouTube his highlights from his first couple of years. It's a beautiful, beautiful watch. Uh, obviously, Sam, as, as they NRL clubs do, they put a bit of weight on them and, and try to move them into the halves or to get them bigger defensively, all that sort of thing, ball carrying. You know, Mills had some great moments since his early days as a fullback. He was uh, nearly won a grand final with the Broncos as a half. He's one of the best in the game in that. But I do think they've missed a trick with Anthony Milford by just piling the pounds onto him because as a young, untouchable little fullback, geez, he was good. Yeah, look, it's a, you know, I guess before I start, I, I do tend to agree that sometimes they can get caught up in putting size on players. The, the other side of the coin is, does he last this long in the game if he's playing at 80 kilos mm. as a fullback or as a half? Can he sustain that? It's you, 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 There's a defensive line coming down the field at you and you've got... 100, 110 kilo um, players that are uh, built like a Greek Adonis and they're <laughs> trying to hurt you. Now, Milf coming into the game, 19, 18, yeah, he was electric and he was a wonderful, wonderful to watch. Does he, does he play, does, he, does his body hold up long-term if you're playing at that? Now, that's probably where the, the clubs come at, the, come at the point where you need to have some size. Otherwise, you're just not going to physically be able to handle what comes at you and Defending in the front line, probably no chance. So, you know, Josh Dugan was another example. Dugan's come through. He was a skinny little fullback and he absolutely killed it. Um, Dugan's ended up playing for Australia in the centres and New South Wales in the centres. So it wasn't as though it was uh, it was poor. It was just maybe he didn't dominate like he did as a fullback. But once again, does Dugan's play for the time that he did if he was trying to play at 80 to 82 kilos at fullback for his whole career. So it is a very tough one for clubs to try and manage. And we'd all love to see Milf playing like he did in 2013 or 14, but I can see where clubs are coming from. 
Yep, not a fair shout on the longevity there, mate. Guys, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW are back on deck for the Big Bash Supercoach season. Uh, they've supported us throughout the footy season, and they will be doing so through our SC Playbook cricketing content over the summer before we get back into the footy. We've had wonderful feedback from everyone that has linked up with the fellas there via the SC Playbook podcast. They cover everything you need to know from how to begin your journey into the housing market to finding a better home loan rate to refinancing to let yourself fork out for a new car. Better yet, a consultation with them won't cost you a dime because you listen to this podcast. Use the special code SC Playbook when you get in contact with them. To do so, hit them up via their Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, or call them on 02-9521-1611. No matter where you are in Australia, give them a buzz. Sam, let's get stuck into the important part of the podcast, and it is our plays for the World Cup final. I will preface this say by saying that we've recorded on Wednesday night and Unlike the NRL, the teams come out only a couple of days before the World Cup final, so this is slightly speculative, but I do think we know pretty well what the lineups are going to be. Uh, so what do you like going into the final? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of plays. Um, throughout the season, we worked off our, uh, our lock, our Hail Mary and our value, and there's a couple of plays I've got. Uh, the first one is in the head-to-head market. Um, now, the line's now into minus 17.5 that the Aussies are giving away. I think that the Samoans have played some really big tournaments, uh, matches throughout this tournament. I think they've had uh, be three really big games now. Um, I think that it's going to catch up with them at some point. Now, there's only so much you can do on the back of hard, and I think that the fresh legs that the Australians have got coming into the final is going to stand them in a really good position. Now, it's a World Cup final, so they're going to give every last ounce of their energy. But for me, I think that the Australians coming into it so fresh and the way it's just built into the tournament, they've had a great preparation, then uh, easy preparation, and then they've had a battle-hardened game against the Kiwis in the semi-final, clean out a few of the chinks in their armour, and I just think they're primed to be able to take the Samoans on. So for me, um, I'm, I'm locking in the Australians giving away 17.5 at $1.87. That's my lock of the game for, for the game. Very interesting one there. I am going to go against you. I won't say it's with a lot of confidence. I almost like my value play more than it, but uh, I give Samoa with that 17.5 uh, line, the start, I'm going to go with that. And for a couple of reasons in that, I'll be praying for the punting perspective-wise anyway that there's a bit of rain around, which, let's be fair, it's England and it rains 366 days a year there, so it should be, uh, which should play into it, at least the lower scoring uh, perspective going into it. And I just think, probably off one thing that you've reiterated on this podcast throughout the year, Sam, but it's getting up for that one big, big game. Teams can do it. Now, I know... I know that's a hard thing to say um, because Samoa have come through two gut busters against Tonga and England, but this is going to mean so much to them boys out there in a World Cup final. Uh, A lot of games that I thought might have been bigger margins throughout the tournament, I don't know if it's because of English conditions, but seemingly smaller fields, smaller in goals, all sorts of things, but they haven't blown out as much as I thought. So I think uh, on top of that, I just think Australia have been clunky. While they've got the job done, and I think they'll get the job done again in this, you know, possibly by that sort of 12 to 14 point margin. 
I, I do think they've battled this tournament in attack. Their defence will be red hot, but I'm going to go Samoa with that 17 and a half start. So uh, go with you want when you're following us on that one. I'd advise probably Sam because his lock's about 26 on the trot. Uh, what else have you got for us? Yeah, the other one I'm going to name, we don't have the market just yet, but I'm going to talk about a few players in the anytime try scoring market. The first one being Nathan Cleary. I think he's a really good play for an anytime try scorer. He's running the ball heaps in this World Cup and he's taking on the uh, right up until the last tackle. And I think he's looked really good without sort of scoring a brace. I think he's actually picked some really good times to run the ball. And I also, this is on the back of, I think that the Australians are going to go straight through, Australians are going to go straight through the Samoans' middle. So I think Cleary to score a try. I like whether it's Yo or uh, Cam Murray through the middle with a bit of footwork, scoring tries. And then I'm really heavily on the Australian left edge. It's Munster, um, Crichton, and Adokara, my three plays around that. Now, I've thrown out a few numbers, a few names. There's probably a massive multi in them to score tries at any time. But they're my, they're my players. Now, wait and see how this comes out, uh, what pricing you can get. But for those reasons, I think that there's some, some real value around multiple try scorers. I think that the Australians are really, really going to heavily target the right edge of the Samoans. I think they've been found quite vulnerable at times against some poor opposition. And I think that the Australians are going to be humming. I think you can see Munster taking the line on. I think you can see Crichton targeting Milford. Uh, Carr's just, he's a given, isn't he? But uh, I just think that they're the players that you can work around. And then in the middle, it's Murray with footwork. He scored a fantastic try the other night. It's Cleary running the ball, and it's Zaya Yo uh, because he just has the ball so much in his hands and knows when to run. Mm, that Cam Murray try, love love the blow, but poor old Cheese is still getting his breath back from that one. He was gassed, the poor bugger. Um, like them, and I'm going down a very similar avenue. As I said, the, the markets aren't out just yet because the teams haven't been released, but uh, I'm all over Angus Crichton, anytime try scorer, which will hopefully be around about the 350 mark. I think Milford and Lee Sow have Big, big uh, defensive frailties for all the me- reasons you mentioned earlier. But I think the, the Australians are going to be going at that all night. So Angus Crichton, anytime try scorer in supreme form, runs one of the best lines in the game. He's a big boy, old Angus Crichton. Uh, and then in a similar vein, I think you can go him into Latrell Mitchell uh, as a little cheeky multi, which should net you somewhere around you know 7 to $9 when that comes out. Uh, Sam, that might do us for the World Cup final halfback special edition podcast. Uh, thanks for jumping on, mate. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's, um, I'm really looking forward to this game. I can't wait. And I also, uh, although I've said a few things around the Australians and uh, um, where I think the value is, and I'm as proud an Australian as anyone, I can't wait to see Big Papa and Junes and these players just lining up for the Samoans. They're so proud of their nation. They're so, they've put so much energy into this World Cup and I've sat back and watched it and if there's a side who's going to knock Australia off, it's the Samoans. I'd love to, I'd love to see it for them. They're, they're wonderful people and wonderful leaders and I think the growth of the game over the next four years on the back of a Samoan victory would be wonderful. So... As I said, although my plays are around the Australians, I've, you know, I'd love to see the um, the Samoans give them a real run for their money. Yeah, well said. It's going to be an absolute corker. Uh, thanks for tuning in and enjoy the World Cup final. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 